0: i going on everyone welcome to episode 17 of season 5 i'm your host kurt field and it is your boy the
1: dog and we're back again to talk about our favorite team of all time
0: the new england revolution yeah soccer podcast let's yeah. go football football American. no football football not the americano ball no americano just football it really does make no sense that American football is named football. Yeah, I think it's just our classic USA way of just being like, this is our word now, so fuck off. Have you ever seen that you know, viral picture of the way every other country, what they use the word to describe a pineapple? Like here, we say pineapple, but every other country in the goddamn world has the same name. We are just different. I have to find, God damn it. What?
1: what i'm hearing is that we're built different that's what i'm hearing
0: or we just have to be different like why is everything in fahrenheit why are we different like true true i but think
1: about being like oh wow it's 37 degrees that it's so hot
0: that's (laughs) that's
1: that just doesn't sound right celsius is for losers there i said it but
0: the drink energy drink celsius is not okay i walked into that one so facts um okay i also bruno i'm showing you it's hard to read it's really hard to read ananas and ananas in every other in every other country ananas. Wait, do they have bananas? Do they say bananas too there, or is it just uh, ananas? I don't know, but it's ananas in every country, but English, where it's or in every uh, language, but English, and our dumbasses say pine apple. Well, Kurt, I think the only reasonable conclusion there is that everyone else is wrong and we're right. we—that's well, we, very American thinking of us and that's why we call it Gatorade. Gatorade, you know, <laughs> no, not going down that rabbit hole. Clydesdale. <laughs> Clydesdale. That's why I would call it Gatorade. What? It's that type of day. If the Patriots don't win a game again the rest of the year, I will do a full episode in Clydesdale. Wait, we should have some sort of like, I don't know if we're going to call it
1: punishment or incentive for losing, because like we want to lose. So, again, I don't know the word choice for that. But there should be something that we either do or have to do or, like, commemorative Clydesdale episode if that we lose every game.
0: Yeah, the first wild card weekend will be full Clydesdale. Though,
1: literally, because it's the last game of the year and figuratively – well, not figuratively. Also, literally, because it's our most winnable game remaining, our Super Bowl is going to be Week 17. So that is going to be
0: hype. That will be for the Clydesdale. For the Clydes- Not for the number one pick for the Clydesdale. Down on the farm, with Clydesdale. All right. Wow. <clears throat> well, that's just a. <laughs> yep. yep. Yeah. Well well, yep. well, we'll see. Well, yep. Okay. <laughs> uh, Bruno, we haven't done this here in a minute. We- Kurt, We're busy. Kurt, Kurt. First
1: of all, first of all, if we don't admit it, did it really happen? Let's just put that on the table. True. Second of all, to the losers and haters who are matching up the. Uh, week's recap with the episode number. Fun fact, Kurt, this is episode 17 and it's only week 12. So we have five
0: episodes built in. That's just math. We Kurt. did do all those summer episodes.
1: No, 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 Kurt. No, 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 Kurt. No, no, no. You don't need to tell them that. I'm just saying to the losers who are saying we have, there's been more NFL weeks than episodes, wrong. You know, the, the, the Trump, wrong. Wrong.
0: Um, uh, <laughs> we've been talking for four minutes. I thought we've been talking for 15 minutes. I hey. I am in the here on a Friday We're lost in the sauce. That was last week's episode. That didn't happen. Oh, you're right. Uh, you know, now we're thinking. You were thinking. <laughs> There's too much thinking happening right now. Kurt. My brain is on an over, overdrive. <laughs> but Woo. nonetheless, let's get into some week 12 games for you here. Uh, it would be really goddamn helpful if I pulled up ESPN, which I told you I was doing <laughs> earlier. <laughs> And I can't do that. So, uh, shame on me. But Bruno, we're going back to Thanksgiving. Oh, dude, that feels like a fucking eternity ago. But so long ago. Bruno, we went back. We're going back to a Thanksgiving Day game, which I was fairly confident in, and placed a fairly confident bet in. And let me tell you, that shit blew up like a bathroom after Thanksgiving. Because oh holy shit, literally, in in many different ways. Holy shit, Bruno, the goddamn Green Bay Packers go into Ford Field in Detroit and upset the previously 8-2 Lions, 29-22. Jordan Love uh, ca- ties his career high with three touchdown passes. He was covering them up like a Thanksgiving feast. Mm-hmm. Like a Thanksgiving feast, Bruno. And, I, you know, here's the interesting thing. It's very funny when you look at the Green Bay Packers season. They're sitting at 5-6. They have some incredibly bad losses. But in the same breath, Bruno they've also had some incredibly big wins and it's like yeah so which team like again you have this is your first year having jordan love as your quarterback how are you feeling right now because in this game again 22 of 32 three touchdowns no picks no sacks a 125 rating against a very good lions football team so it's like if he's going to be this jordan love sign the packers the f up maybe they're all in but if he's going to be the jordan love from previous weeks where do you go with this
1: yeah, I, you know what I almost lumped this in with? Uh, like a, a poor man's Brock Purdy, in a way, because it's not about necessarily starting your career or starting your time as a starting quarterback and playing well. We see that happen all the time. It's after you have a couple starts or a couple games or a slump in a row where you look like literal ass. It's how you respond and if you can turn it around. We saw that happen with Brock Purdy, the 49ers. Right? They lost like three in a row and all of a sudden, you know, pending this game against the Eagles this week brought Purdy's back to looking good and so are the 49ers Jordan Love I'm more impressed that he started hot and then played like ass and then now has rebounded and seemingly come back to form that's a, a way better sign to me than if it was just like a hot start the whole time because you got to know how to bounce back from some street performances so I think the
0: Packers are, are stoked honestly they're stoked yeah I agree it does need to be said too okay Jared Goff did fumble the ball three times and the yeah. Packers recovered all three so yes yeah. Packers defense did set up the offense to succeed but again that's the name of the game that's football that's complimentary football at its finest ladies and gentlemen so Packers upset the Lions, 29-22 on turkey day Bruno what we got next pal oh
1: well pal uh, shout out to the Panamanian pal Uh, we're talking a little Cowboys commanders from last Thursday. And guess what, we're currently recording this and the Cowboys have played another Thursday game. But we're talking about the first Thursday game they played Cowboys commanders, not really much to say from this game 45 to 10. Commanders played so bad and let up so many points they fired their defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio the next day on Black Friday. Uh, the Cowboys are on a goddamn roll. Yes, up until yesterday, they hadn't beaten the team I think over 500. So that deserves to be said. But We've seen teams like play down to the level of their competition. The Cowboys are dominating the level of competition they played. Uh, Dak is playing like an MVP, that has to be said. He was playing like that before last night's game against the Seahawks, and he, even more so after. Uh, on, in this game against the commanders last week, Darren Bland, he just he 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 has five pick sixes this year, and he had that in 10 games. Like, that's a bananas number, that's an NFL record, and an ananas that's an ananas number for Darren Bland. Uh, <laughs> What also was ananas was, uh, I love that the Cowboys were just like getting bored of their touchdown celebrations, so they decided to put a turkey in the Salvation Army helmet. And when he did his pick six, they all jumped in and took a turkey out of it and started eating it, which is hilarious. Um, so yeah, the Cowboys just had a really fun time. The Commanders did not. We'll see if Ron Rivera is the next to get fired. I mean, obviously that ties into the Bill Belichick conversation, which we'll get into, I'm sure, at some point, but Cowboys... Uh, 45-10 to 10 over the Commanders, and let's just say preview for next week, uh, they kept it rolling this Thursday as well.
0: Yeah, Bruno, the Cowboys have a plus 168 point, point differential. Speech. 168. Sheesh. Sheesh. Uh, for the record, the Patriots are minus 100, so... <laughs> Jesus Christ, JFTC. The most shocking one in the AFC East, looking at this right now, Buffalo leads the division in point differential plus 101 I don't think I would have guessed that I I certainly wouldn't have guessed that the Dolphins put up 70 points against the Broncos plus 88 (laughs) plus 88 Uh, he raised a fantastic point my friend Bruno we're gonna talk about another team who puts up a metric fuck ton of points okay a team that has a point differential of plus 140 so coming right coming right for the Cowboys okay the San Francisco 49ers to cap off Thanksgiving uh, went up to Seattle, and they made a statement. Embarrassed the Seahawks, 31-13. Again, Bruno, classic NFC West showdown. There was some good defense played. Uh, but the story, tail of tape in this one, you know, you have Christian McCaffrey on your team. You should use the guy. 49ers are like, we're going to use the guy. The guy, pretty fucking good game. Couple touchdowns in the first half. I think his final line, 19 carries, 114 yards, two tutties on the ground. Uh, obviously, you know, with, with the 49ers offense being the way it is, they can come at you from so many different angles. And it does kind of remind me, think about the Patriot days where, you know, you had Edelman and Amendola in the slot. Two shifty, good, get open in short spaces uh, guys. Then you had Gronk, who was a threat wherever you put him on the field. But then, sure, the Patriots can line up and they can run the football down your mouth or down your throat with LeGarrette Blunt and James Devlin. It's like they're so multidimensional, and that's what the 49ers are. You want to bring in Juszczyk and McCaffrey? We'll pound the ball. You want to get George Kittle in space? We'll get the ball to Kittle. You want to throw to Debo or Ayuk? We'll throw to Debo or Ayuk. It's like they can come at you in waves from so many different angles, um, and, and they, they're, they're back on their bullshit. So big 31-13 win. 49ers, definitely back. But on the other hand, Geno Smith in this, in this previous week, we're doing this a little late, but in the previous week on Thanksgiving, not his finest effort, not his finest effort. And, you know, a big game. The Seahawks are looking to looking to make a statement here. Geno Smith goes 18 of 27 for 180 yards, one reception, no touchdowns and was sacked six times. That ain't what you're looking for.
1: Yeah, Seahawks' offensive line is certainly having its fair struggles, but I will say Gino is not looking like uh, himself from last year. Last year, he was a legitimate Pro Bowler and looking like a, a solid QB, and this year, taking a step backwards. Uh, Kurt, speaking of taking a step backwards, the Jets, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Our uh, non-Thanksgiving game, but also non-Sunday game, and not on a Monday either, the Friday Black Friday game, Miami Dolphins 34 New York Jets 13 uh, with you know what revising what you said a second ago the Dolphins put up 70 against the Broncos and this was plus 21 in this game and they still are 20 points behind the Bills point differential that's that's somewhat stunning yes regardless Kurt they still got the dub uh, and they you know are keeping pace at the top of the uh, AFC East here Uh, This game, again, I think we all would have seen this coming. Why would we have seen this coming? Well, it wasn't Zach Wilson starting for the Jets, who we would have seen this coming if it was. It was, shout out, uh, U-C-O-N-N, UConn, 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 his very own Tim Boyle starting for the uh, New York Jets, who, fun fact, is probably only on the Jets because he backed up uh, Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, too. So I just love that Aaron was like, bitch boy, come to New York with me, bitch boy. Oh, Mark Powell, (laughs) (laughs) son. So... Yeah, they didn't look good. Jets didn't really ever have a chance in this game. Kurt, obviously, Tyree Hill did his thing. Raheem Mostert had two touchdowns. The only really thing to comment on this game that was fucking hilarious. Did you see the play right before halftime in this Dolphins Jets game? I don't know if you saw that. I did. Fucking Jets at the forty-yard line, maybe the fifty-yard line. They are going for a hail mary. I think it was ten nothing at that point, and or maybe, yeah, it was ten nothing at that point. And Tim Boyle throws it almost all the way to the end zone. It gets picked off at the one-yard line by Javon Holland. It was 10-6. Oh, 10-6. Sorry. You're right. Excuse me. 10-6. Close game. And Javon Holland picks off at the one and returns it 99 for a Hail Mary pick six, which is just so fucking classic Jets to be like going into halftime competitive only down four to just like embarrassing play and now it's all of a sudden a blowout. It actually like... It's not as crazy when you think about it, Kirk, because they were saying this on the broadcast, too. All of the skill guys for the Jets were, like, in the end zone behind him when he caught the pick. Like, he ran it, like, 50 yards untouched, and then he just had to get by, like, the offensive line and fucking no ankles Tim Boyle. Like, so it wasn't really the most impressive pick 6 of all
0: time, but it was just so fucking funny that he just 99 yards. Whoop, yeah, it's like, of course that would happen to, yeah. of course that would happen <laughs> to the Jets. Yeah. Uh, just so. bad football all the way around. Bruno, let's talk about more bad football, shall we? shall we oh we shall baby plenty of bad football being played in the NFC South that is for damn sure um, yeah. but you know despite two awful interception, Desmond Ritter who took the place of Taylor Heineke at quarterback for the Falcons get a big 24-15 win over the Null and Saints uh, Bruno do we pick this game for pick six
1: my brain says no but my brain hasn't been right, right
0: recently. I don't know either if we did pick it, I probably took the Saints. I, I this game surprised me. This game surprised yeah. me. Uh, just a, you know, Derek Carr is a fine quarterback. That is as far as I'll put the Derek Carr conversation. He's fine. Do you want him on your team? Not really. Are you okay with him on your team? I guess so. Like, yeah. he's better than some of the options that are that you've had going on around. But like, he's not very talented, and he had a huge costly. Um, you know, interception return for a touchdown in the first quarter. You know, the Saints go down, score a field goal. They drive down later in the game. Uh, or, or sorry, later in the first quarter, you know, Jesse Bates intercepts a, a pass, goes 92 yards to touchdown. All of a sudden it's 7-3. So you go from probably being up 10-0 to now being down. And the and the, the Falcons never really looked back. So um, B. John Robinson played well in this one. He had 16 carries for 91 yards and a touchdown touchdown. Drake London got some targets, which is good for Atlanta because you got to unleash some of these younger guys. So uh, yeah. the the tail of tape here for a while was you're not getting enough out of Bijan Robinson because you're not giving him the ball. When you give him the ball, good things happen. And they're like, hey, let's give him the ball, and it worked out great. So big win for the uh, Falcons who take over first place in the NFC South. Uh, <laughs> Bruno, uh, we'll get there. But the Carolina Panthers are currently one in ten or one yeah. in nine, one in ten. One ten. They have a chance to host a playoff game still. <laughs> just they're not mathematically eliminated, baby. So take that for what it is.
1: Yeah, that is some wild fucking math and statistics right there, Kurt. um Speaking of wild math and statistics, we got our next game. Continuing the bad football train. Steelers 16, Bengals 10. Bad for several reasons. On the Steelers' side of things, they just fired offensive coordinator Matt Canada. On the Bengals' side of things, Joe Burrow's out, so it was Jake Browning starting. Lost some juice as one of those like rivalry games that normally is really good. Obviously, with no Burrow, it just doesn't have the same juice. Steelers get the dub. Kurt, the Steelers uh, for the entire season have been known pretty much as the team that has a good record that wins, excuse me, that wins some games, but has been outgamed yards wise in every single game. Uh, Kurt. They fired their offensive coordinator, and quite simply, they, that streak got snapped. Kurt, the Steelers had not uh, gained more than 400 yards in 58 games. They had a 58 game streak of not uh, gaining more than 400 yards, which dated back to even before when Matt Canada was hired. The second he gets fired, they put a 421. That is just so fucking funny. Like, dude. What were you doing your entire tenure with the Steelers? They didn't even get anyone new this week. They just fucking were like, oh, we're gonna fucking do shit better, and just get 400, don't It's
0: a classic cock slap in the face.
1: Yeah, and like the Bengals like have a legit defense. Like yeah. it's not like the Bengals are like the, the Panthers. Like the Bengals have a legit defense. So again, it's just so fucking classic for the Steelers that they fire that guy and they immediately put up 400 plus yards. So other than that though, Kurt, I mean, like it's a game the Steelers needed to win. No Joe Burrow, there'd be no excuse if they lost this game. They only won by six, not the most impressive one of all time, but I think confidence-wise for Kenny Pickett and the boys, if you're back to putting up yards and yards and yards, I mean, theoretically, if you're out gaining the other team by 200 yards and the turnovers are one-to-one, you theoretically, are most games, you're going to win by more than six. Maybe it was just some, some bad luck here and there, but um, yeah, so you just get the win, 16-10. to
0: Yeah, Bruno, you you mentioned, you know, kind of bad wins. Um, let's talk mm. about another team with kind of a little bit of bad win, okay? <laughs> Carolina, we just talked about them. Yeah, they didn't have a bad win. They just lost again. Okay, <laughs> they, they uh, traveled to Tennessee, visit Mike Vrabel and the Titans uh, in a game that you know it was the one and nine Panthers and the three and seven Titans. It's like okay, this game might be gettable for the Panthers. <laughs> uh, it was it was not. Uh, Bruno basically. I'm not talking about this game for long. Derek Henry, two rushing touchdowns. Nick Folk bangs in a 53-yard field goal while the Patriots kicker can't make a fucking extra point. Uh, I, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to, that slipped. Um <laughs> uh But basically putting the Titans up 17-3 in the fourth quarter. And yes, Carolina scored a touchdown with eight minutes to go to make it close. It was really never close. Bryce Young, another bad effort. Uh, and the whole story here is Frank Reich. Audi like an Audi,
1: baby. See ya, buddy. Uh, you getting out of here because, yep, it was about time, but also it's the second uh, time in a row, I think, that he's fired, he as in David Tepper, owner of the Panthers, has fired the coach in the season because didn't he do that to Matt Rule last year? So it's like, yeah, he wasn't coaching good, but like, if you're a coach who wants to coach a team, I don't think you want to be, you know, you're not given like any time to figure it out. So tough, but tough, but fair, tough, but fair. Kirk. Oh, but we are continuing right along in our streak of games that are bad. There were just a lot of bad games this past week. You know, maybe the NFL took it off partly because of Thanksgiving as well, because there were a lot of bad games. Colts 27, Bucks 20. I will say for the Colts, in a season where Anthony Richardson has been injured since pretty much the start of the season, maybe he played like a game or two, but he's been injured the whole season. So when you lose your starting quarterback, it is, it is still impressive that they're 6-5. and five. Gardner Mitchell is probably one of the better guys you could have to have to like be a backup quarterback playing the whole season so like that needs to be said but like they're doing actually a kind of decent job in Indy despite everything that's going on I don't think they're a serious by any means as a contender but to be six and five and get these wins while you're you know not with your starting quarterback I think that's impressive. I think this is a game the Bucks, in an, a winnable NFC South are going to be like looking like one that got away. Um, you know, Baker was kind of hurt during this game. He went out and he came back in, but it just was the, run, uh, the running, rushing offense for the Colts that did him in. Jonathan Taylor, he had two rushing touchdowns. Gardner Mishu ran for another touchdown. They just, you know, could not stop the run. And that's you know, when you can't stop the run, the Colts are gonna control the clock. So they controlled the clock. Uh Jonathan Taylor, however, after the game came out that like he broke his finger or something. So he isn't gonna be on injured reserve, but he is gonna be out for like two or three games. So tough blow for the Colts. But listen, you know, their starting quarterback went out and they're over five hundred, so you never know.
0: Yeah, they're currently in a playoff spot, yeah. I believe. So pretty wild. Bruno, another team that had a playoff spot might not after this this past weekend. Yep. The Cleveland Browns had to start Dorian Thompson-Robinson to get a quarterback. This game did not go as well for DTR. Uh, he went up to uh, to Denver, turned the ball. Basically, the Cleveland D- offense with DTR has to be pretty clean. They were not clean in this game. Denver forced three big turnovers. Russell Wilson, man, I'll tell you what, his numbers, his stats, not staggering, but... Sean Payton has fixed him because last year he was a turnover machine. He was seeing ghosts. He was taking sacks he shouldn't have had. I mean, in this game, again, I told you, very pedestrian stat line. 13 completions on 22 attempts for 134 yards and a touchdown, and your team wins by 17 points. Like, you don't need him to go crazy. He's capable of it. He's, he's shown he's capable of it still this season. But game manager's the wrong term, too, because he, he just does his job. He just does his job. Did it well. Um, I, I. I don't know if, I don't want to give Sean Payton too much credit because this was just a bad game by Cleveland. But with that being said, he has really turned the Broncos around, Bruno. They currently sit at six and five. They were a one and five football team. They've rattled off five straight here. Um, I have a look at their schedule. Let's do it live. Okay, we're doing it live. Texans, tough one Okay. Chargers, Lions, Patriots, Chargers, Raiders. So a ton of AFC West games still. Uh, I mean, they're going to beat the Patriots, so that's a win. Uh, Maybe they split with the Chargers. Texans is up for grabs. Lions, who knows? I mean, yeah, there's a chance the Broncos could fucking sneak in the playoffs. So quite a turnaround out there in Denver.
1: Yeah, and about those games, the Broncos, the Chargers and the Texans, if the Jaguars pull away, are two of the teams they're competing for wildcard spots for. So, like, they literally can control their destiny if they rattle off, you know, mostly wins in a lot of those, like, key matchups right there. So, good for the Broncos. Didn't see that coming, but, uh, you know, I'm happy for them. Kurt, in things specifically, I, Bruno, the Mushroom Lord, Briskin, did not see coming. Uh, Rams, 37. Cardinals, 14. You asked me earlier, was that game a pick-six game? I don't remember if Falcon Saints was. Unfortunately, I specifically remember, Kurt Tai. Rams-Cardinals, I was supremely confident that card, Kyler Murray and the Cards were going to get it done. You shook your head at me live on Fix six. You said, you fucking idiot, it's Rams all the way. And guess who was the fucking idiot, Kurt? It wasn't you, because the Rams literally dominated the Cardinals. I won't say from start to finish, because I think the Cardinals were up eight to seven, but pretty much the rest of the game from that point. Uh, Matt Stafford had four touchdown passes. Uh, Kyron Williams literally... Uh, just wet the fuck off. He had 143 yards rushing and then he also caught two touchdowns, six catches for 61 yards and two touchdowns. He was just fucking all over the place. Uh Tutu Atwell getting in on the action, Tyler Hakebee getting in on the action. So it honestly just was an absolute fucking steamroll from the Rams. Good for them who have faint playoff hopes. Like they're not mathematically eliminated. They're not really like, you know, one of the better wild cards teams but like if they can play like they did against the Cardinals which it was the Cardinals but if they can play kind of close to that like they'll have a chance to sneak into the playoffs as maybe the seventh seed so good for them uh this quote from Kyron Williams he goes I'm an artist and this is my canvas love that something about quotes like that where you're just like that's a guy who's using his brain right there uh big fan I'm I'm attracted to big brain so as a guy with a big brain I I like that big brain saving right there uh so good for the Rams Cardinals, I was trying to manifest in the win because Kurt, they're some of our biggest competition for the top draft pick, along with the Panthers, obviously. The Cardinals' schedule, we don't have to go fully into it, but two of their last five games are 49ers Eagles. So obviously, those would both be losses unless something crazy happens. Their swing games, you know how, like, when voting happens, their swing states. Their swing games are Steelers, Bears, and Seahawks. So the Bears stands out as, like, the one that seems the most winnable. But, like, if they can win, two of those three, that would make me very happy. So, if I'm serious,
0: I'm rooting for the Cardinals. Yeah, absolutely. Massive Cardinals fans. Uh, Bruno, two, fan, two teams I'm not a fan of, and I will never, ever ever, yeah. ever, 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 ever be fans of, are the goddamn Kansas City Chiefs and the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, in this game, it's well documented at this point how the Chiefs are the Raiders' daddy. Yep. Have been for quite some time. But if you would have checked this game with eight minutes to go in the first quarter, I mean, in the first half, you would have said it was the other way around. Raiders jumped out to a 14-0 lead over the Chiefs behind a Kobe Myers' touchdown, LOL, 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 <laughs> and a Josh Jacobs 63-yard touchdown run. And, you know, hot start didn't last very long. They only scored three points the rest of the game. Chiefs go crazy. Uh, Patrick Mahomes turned it on. Um, what is... Inter- interesting too, you know. Isaiah Pacheco is their running back for the Chiefs. Was like a seventh round or an undrafted guy last year. He's been dominant for them. He's been exactly what that offense needed. You don't ever think of Clyde Edwards-Helaire anymore. I mean, it's just it's Pacheco's job, and uh, he does a great job with it. He had two rushing touchdowns in this game. Bruno, the leading rush, the leading receiver for the goddamn Chiefs, Rashi Rice. Again, I don't know who the fuck that is. I am going to be. Uh, the Chiefs are too prominent of a football team to have Rasheed Rice leading the team in, in receptions and targets. So I don't know if the Chiefs. Yes, the Chiefs are eight and three, but for them to win a Super Bowl this year, I'm going to need someone better than Rasheed Rice to get targeted. Yeah, that's all Kurt, I have to say about that. As
1: as a fan of people with the name names that have the first letter the same in their first and last name, Bruno Briskin, Rasheed Rice. That's the only thing I like about Rasheed Rice, that he can be R-squared and I can be B-squared. Big fan of that, right? Uh, other than that, the fact that your leading receiver is someone whose name is Rasheed Rice, exactly like you said, not good. Especially when Tyreek Hill out here is having an MVP like season for the Dolphins. So, uh, yeah, they're going to have to figure that out. I hope they don't, let's fuck the Chiefs, but they are going to have to figure that out if they want to do anything. Kurt, yep. speaking of things to figure out, the Vikings have something to figure out because they somehow on Monday Night Football this week. Lost to the Bears 12 to 10, which in all honesty is great for the Patriots. That's another win for the Bears, right? So that's huge when we have a two game lead on the Bears. The Vikings sneaky were in playoff contention. It's not like they're out of it, but like you just can't be losing 12 to 10 to the Bears if you want any chance. The previous two games for the Vikings was kind of like, remember Lynn Sanity with Jeremy Lynn when he had that run on the Knicks? It was kind of like Dobbs, Calvin Dobbs, Calvin and Hobbs, Calvin and Dobbs, whatever, I don't know, something It was crazy with Josh Dobbs. Kirk. he channeled his inner LeBron because he had not one, he had not two, he had not three, but four interceptions for the Vikings. And literally, if he just threw three, they probably would have won, but he didn't. He threw four. So it was a stinker of a game from Josh Dobbs. That being said, They were up 10 to 9 at the end of the game because he drove them down, threw a clutch touchdown to TJ Hawkinson, and actually the Vikings were in a position to win. And yet, they let Justin Fields and the Bears drive all the way down the field to kick a game-winning field goal with 10 seconds left. And it was just one of those things where both of those teams were trying to lose and the Vikings tried harder because uh, neither of these teams really deserved to win the game. Kirk? the only thing i have to say i don't really this game is irrelevant other than the fact that the bears won which is good for the patriots the only thing i'll have to say is as bad of a game that was from josh dobbs i don't know about you but i've been kind of taken aback by the response all week because pretty much right after the game vikings coach kevin o'connell was like we're gonna have to like reevaluate all of our options at quarterback and like i get it it was a bad game and i don't think we're all sitting here being like josh dobbs is like an all-pro quarterback but like he was treated like a god These last two weeks, like all of the stories, all of the hype, and like they're calling him the pastronaut because he's good at science and shit. Like, there was all this hype, and like, yes, he had a bad game, but like. To go that quickly from there to them being like, we're going to start Jaron Hall, like I, it just felt a little weird to me with like everything they're saying. I know Justin Jefferson is coming back, so they're going to want someone who can literally get the ball to Justin Jefferson. Like, that's fair. But I just, it felt a little weird this week, how quickly we shifted from like everyone calling him a hero and loving him to like, he's getting benched for Jaron Hall. I don't know if you felt that
0: same way. feel exactly the same way. Very... That's the that's the NFL though. I mean, yeah. it's a, what what do you do for me so, now, in business? And sure. it's, it's insane. Like, you know, he's being praised as fucking Gandhi over here for yeah. weeks, and now yeah. now he you know he has a bad game, and they want him back on the streets in Minnesota. So, uh, interesting game. Happy the Bears won though. Yep. Bruno, uh, massive game in the AFC South this last week. Uh, Jaguars went to, to uh, Houston. Knocked off the Texans 24-21. Uh, Trevor Lawrence threw for 364 yards in the win. Uh, Bruno, this game, this was an odd game. First and foremost, the officiating was dog shit in this game. Terrible, terrible, terrible officiating uh, for both teams. Not one-sided, but terrible officiating both yeah. ways. Uh, Brandon McManus made a 53-yard field goal uh, in the fourth quarter to put the Jaguars up 24-14. to Kind of felt like the game was out of hand at that point. The... Texans offense hadn't done much all game. Um, but, you know, give C.J. Stroud and the offense credit. They they go down the field. Nico Collins scores a 17-yard touchdown on a pass from Stroud. Cuts it to 24-21. Jaguars end up uh, not being able to really get a first down. They might have gotten one, but they couldn't execute a drive to end the game. Texans get the ball back, Bruno. They drive down the field. Enough to give. I think the guy's name is Matt Amendola. Danny. It's no Dan. RIP. <laughs> not not really RIP, but yeah, like yeah. uh, an amandola who was literally picked up that week because their other kicker got hurt. He has a 58-yard field goal to tie the game. Try to go to OT. Bruno, mm. this kick was dead on. It hits the crossbar. Yep, and pop bumps out. If yep i'm not even kidding if this kick was two inches higher not maybe one inch guys know inches matter okay they matter amandola knows that inch mattered and if they, <laughs> if he kicks up all an inch higher th- this game might still be going on it's in ot um so i i, I like the the resolve that the the, the texans show and they, you know, they're they right there knocking on the door ultimately now the, the jaguars move to eight and three houston slides to six and five jaguars have a pretty pretty good hold right now on that division. Um, But again, just a a really good game in the AFC South. And I'm excited moving forward, you know, looking at the the longevity of this. This There's going to be some battles between these two teams going forward. Uh, You know, the Jaguars are a young team with a lot of talent. The Texans are a young team with a lot of talent. You think about CJ Stroud, threw for 300 yards again, two touchdowns, no picks. Also ran for 47 yards and a touchdown. He's thrown a Nico Collins, Tank Dell. I mean they're an explosive team similarly to the jaguars and it's just gonna be fun to watch these teams battle for years to come
1: yeah i completely agree with that kurt um for years jaguars and texans was a literal joke of a matchup and it's it was always funny like seeing those teams on schedule that was the classic thursday night football color rush game and it's kind of cool seeing the birth of a new rivalry featuring teams that we don't hate like anytime it's like chiefs whoever i'm like fuck the chiefs right jaguars texans sure we had our like you know, they were black before that playoff game and shit back in the day with J.J. Watt. But other than that, like, we don't give a fuck really about either these teams. So it's actually really cool to see, like, a new rivalry coming out in the AFC with two, like, new teams. So, shout out these teams. Again, you gotta, like, you know, to give the Jaguars some credit. They've been building for a longer time than the Texans. The Texans are supposed to be a complete rebuilding here. So they're like ahead of schedule. The Jaguars are like on schedule. So again, it's no surprise, right? But it's exciting for moving forward. And I'm definitely excited to watch these quarterbacks continue uh, to battle here. Kurt, speaking of overtime, speaking of clutch kicks, and speaking of uh, a hype battle between two quarterbacks, we had that same situation play out in last week's Game of the Week. Eagles 37, Bills 34 in overtime. Absolute banger of a game. Uh, Kurt, it didn't look like this was going to be a banger in the first half. Uh, the Eagles have had this problem all year where they just come out flat. Like, they, it, it, we do say it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And the Eagles know how to finish. So let's give them that before I say anything else. That being said, you probably don't want to keep putting yourselves in holes every single first half. Because, like, you know, eventually that's going to come back to bite you, right? So we'll see. But the Bills go up 17-7 to uh, at halftime. And you're thinking for the Bills... You know, this could be a bounce back game, a chance to prove themselves. The Eagles could be, you know, a little like trap game ish after coming back from the Chiefs game. Maybe the Bills had something over them. Well, the Bills played well. The Eagles just played better the rest of the game. This was an absolute battle back and forth. Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen making plays all over the field. Kirk, this was coming down to the end of the game. There were lead changes back and forth, right? So 17-7 at halftime. The Bills control the game in the third quarter, and then in the fourth quarter, the Eagles come back and take the lead. The Bills come back and retake the lead. The Eagles tied up. It was crazy how it ended up happening at the end of the fourth quarter. Josh Allen uh, down four, drives the boys down 10 plays, 74 yards, ended it with a Gabe Davis seven-yard touchdown to put them up by three. And then Jalen Hurts did the damn thing, though it's easy to give him credit. What actually happened was he drove his team down for 20 seconds left for Jake Elliott to hit a 59 yard field goal in like the shittiest, windiest conditions, which was just literally insane. Like, you know, yeah, it's been a long time
0: on a, a yeah. rain soaked grass field, like insane. Yeah,
1: literally insane. So shout out Jake Elliott. Uh, he's everything they've wanted uh, character wise from the Eagles. Um, and so they tie the game up 31 31. Bills get the ball first in overtime. They have to settle for a field goal. Uh, they go up 34-31, with the changed rules in overtime in the last couple of years. The Eagles get the ball back in. What do you know? Jalen Hurts runs it in from 12 yards out to walk off the game for the Eagles. Uh, again, this is one of those games where if you're the Bills, They've been close, but no cigar in a bunch of games recently. The problem for the Bills is that they're now six and six, which feels so crazy to say for these Bills, though you did kind of call this at the beginning of the season. I was higher on the Bills anywhere. They were my Super Bowl pick, unfortunately. Um, the Bills at six and six are 10th place in the AFC. That is fucking crazy. They're closer it to the Patriots crazy. than they are to the ones.
0: It's crazy, but it makes me very fucking happy too at the same time. Like, fuck them Bills. Yeah.
1: Fuck them bills. Uh, so that is crazy. If you're the Eagles, you're sitting at 10 and one, you're definitely happy, right? You're getting these wins. You're cementing your hole on number one seed. You're beating good teams. You, again, you need to start putting teams away more and you need to start like faster into games, but they are finding ways to win. And that's a sign of a really good team. So good for them for finding ways for win. Uh, you know, they're going to have to clean it up moving forward and they have a chance this week because they're playing the 49ers this week who the 49ers are the favorites in this game, which the Eagles have been taken as a sign of disrespect. We'll see what happens, right? Because if the 49ers just come in and dominate, well, then that's why you're underdogs, right? But if the
0: Eagles, you know, if they have a convincing win against the 49ers, I think they can silence a lot of the haters. No doubt. And you, we've been talking about a team that, you know, continuously wins games. Let's talk about a team that continuously loses games because we have one of those in the NFL, Bruno. The goddamn Chargers. They just aren't it, Bruno. Uh, they lose twenty to ten on Monday Night Football to the Baltimore Ravens. Um, Boston College wide receiver Zay Flowers pops off in this one, catches a touchdown, runs for a game-winning touchdown as the Ravens, uh, you know, move to nine and three on the season. What is also incredible about the Ravens is sometimes the offense didn't look incredibly in sync in this game. Credit to the Chargers, you know, they're sitting. The Ravens are sitting at thirteen points late in the fourth quarter you know they're they're trying to run the clock out get a couple first downs say flowers breaks a a, a a runoff for a touchdown so obviously the final score looks a little different than uh what was actually happening on the field but again in a close game the Chargers once again let one slip through their fingertips while the Ravens just keep the Ravens are similar to the Eagles in my mind about like in close games they just kind of figure it they figure it out and you know this is like I told you, the Ravens didn't even, didn't even play that well. Justin Tucker missed some field goals, which that doesn't happen very often. Uh, but, you know, you play complimentary football. Your offense doesn't play very well. Your special teams don't play very well. What does your defense do? They force four turnovers. So they, they forced the Chargers over. They turned the Chargers over four different times to help win the game for them. Bruno, it just it begs the question once again. We've talked about this for three years on this podcast Why is Brandon Staley still the head coach of the Chargers? Will he be going forward? Whom knows? Maybe there's a guy in New England who wants to be the Chargers head coach. Maybe he likes Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert deserves better than this. He deserves better than this. But in the same breath, though, good quarterbacks should be able to figure it out at some some juncture here. So, you know, I feel bad shit-talking the Chargers because they're going to come into New England this weekend and beat the Patriots by 30 points. But that's more about the Patriots sucking ass. Than the Chargers being also ass. So what are your thoughts, Bruno?
1: I don't want to say it's an ass-off, Kurt, but it might be an ass-off uh, on Sunday because that's quite simply the state of both of these teams. Um, what might make it a little bit less of a blowout is Keenan Allen reportedly is dealing with a sickness or an injury or something, so he is maybe practicing less and maybe not playing. I haven't seen confirmation either way yet obviously even if he plays though i still am not gonna pick like spoilers for pick six not gonna pick the patriots this week because when we've scored six points against the colts and spoilers seven points against the giants i don't think the chargers are going to struggle to score more than a touchdown against us i simply don't think they're going to struggle to do that
0: i don't know if you saw this on twitter today bruno um the patriots are practicing in the stadium today and they were like uh patriots were like doing something on the scoreboard like running the scoreboard like prep for the game and the score up there said patriots 42 chargers 21 uh the patriots didn't score 30 points in the month of november they're not gonna score 42 (laughs) points on sunday so uh that's not happening also yeah you know what fuck it let's talk pats bruno So unfortunately Bruno, here's what's here's what's not good. <laughs> this could be a long list. Yeah. Uh the Patriots obviously have made a change at quarterback. Uh Mac Jones will be sat down, uh, which is the correct decision following another nightmare in New York. Uh Bailey Zappi will be the quarterback going forward for the Patriots, it sounds like. Uh, and it sounds like Malik Cunningham will be the number two, and I think this is almost just better for the Patriots because if you're going to sit Mac, which is the right move, just sit him. Like, don't even give him a chance to go in the game. Like, uh, you know, make Will Greer the emergency third quarterback. Like, let Mac literally just sit. Like, Dan Orlovsky was talking about it after they. We'll, we'll talk about the the game a little bit, but they lose to the Giants in New York, ten to seven. Mac has been a disaster for weeks now, dating back to the interception he threw in the Commanders game to end the game. It wasn't his fault, but since that moment, I mean, it's just been it's been a train wreck for Mac. Mm. And it's like you know, in golf, you have the yips. Like yeah. if you if you can't punt, I mean, if you can't putt, you have the yips. Or if you you know you're you're too scared to make a mistake and you make it anyway. Uh, and Mac clearly, clearly has the ips and darren Orlowski was like you just he is broken at this point you're not gonna be able to fix him by throwing him out there it's not going to go well so bailey's happy come on down pal you're the quarterback this against the chargers now yes you mentioned bruno a minute ago keenan allen probably not playing sounds like for the chargers that's great news uh unfortunately they might only have to score a touchdown to win the game so <laughs> you know yes. I like their odds of doing that. And on the Patriots offensive side of things, aside from the quarterback, uh, Kayshawn booty's been ruled out. And Demario Douglas has been ruled out with a concussion because he got fucking Molly. Yeah, that was bullshit in New York. Um, so I mean, the pay, I'm. this is not me talking and being biased. The literally the Patriots best wide receiver is out this week in Demario Douglas. He leads the team in receptions and, uh, uh, catches. So um, that doesn't bode well for Bailey Zappi. So uh, unfortunately, that means more Tyquan Thornton. That means more Devontae Parker. Maybe Jalen Rager if we want to get real spicy with things. And uh, this team just yeah. fucking sucks. Yeah.
1: Um, Kurt, I agree with everything you said about your analysis of the quarterback situation. What we want to avoid, even though we haven't avoided it to this point, but what we want to avoid is the Zach Wilson situation, right? Because he was supposed to sit. And yes, you don't really prepare for your Aaron Rodgers tearing his Achilles, but... Like, look what happened, right? He was supposed to sit, and because they didn't really have another option, he gets forced to go play in there, and it was kind of the in-between and indecisive, and like, was he going to play? Was he not going to play? That's been a disaster for the Jets. It's also the same thing for Mac Jones the Patriots. Kurt, how many times are we going to do this shit where he just gets pulled from games? We've done that like fucking five times this year, and it's just embarrassing. It makes him feel worse. It doesn't help us, our offense get into a flow. So I completely agree. Let's just not even – let's literally just not even – have a chance of that happening I'm completely okay with that um the only thing I will say is that he gives us the best chance to lose so that's tough uh if Bailey comes zappy comes in and and like starts letting it up we're gonna need like bounty gate two to happen where someone's gonna have to take him the fuck out because we simply can't have Bailey zappy leading us to any wins not that I really expect that to happen um but Kurt it, it's I agree I, like it's just it I think it's just very clear at this point that things were tried things did not work out. Let's just sit him, and it's probably going to be a fresh start for him and for us next year. That's just what it comes down to.
0: Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, Bruno, I want to come on this podcast to our hundreds of thousands of listeners. Millions. and Millions. And apologize to Matt Patricia.
1: Oh, no, no. Kurt, you didn't tell me you were doing this today. This is no. my live reaction to hearing Kurt say that. Oh, no.
0: Maybe Matt Patricia oh, was a genius. No.
1: Oh my god. They Don't won fucking
0: they won fucking eight games last year. Do, do you want to throw a Joe Judge in there too? Or are we just No, fuck yeah. him. Fuck <laughs> okay.
1: Okay. Okay, Judge not He's
0: still there. He's still part <laughs> of it. Uh but I mean we were obviously talking this offseason about how great it was to have Bill O'Brien back. And again, I'm not saying it's all Bill O'Brien's fault, but at the end of the day, he is responsible for the offense. This offense is so putrid to watch. It's insane. It's slow. It's outdated. And maybe, maybe it's just because Mac is so limited, but I mean, Bruno, it is, it's not even watchable. I was telling my family, we, we all watched it in Suffield uh, last weekend. And I was saying like, I wish the Patriots were dog shit on defense, because at least if they scored points, it would be fun to watch. like, Last night's game, I know it's week thirteen, but like the Cowboys Seahawks game, there was like a negative defense played and it was no fucking, punts. It was fucking awesome. Okay? The Patriots, their best fucking players, their punter, because he's on the field more than anybody. It's like this is they scored thirteen points the last <laughs> two weeks combined. You lose ten to six in London or Germany. You get one point better and you lose ten to seven to the Titans. So maybe we'll lose ten to eight this week, Bruno. Correct. Oh, it that those
1: are just such depressing stats to say out loud. Like th- that is literally just so depressing. And you're absolutely right. It is fucking such a shame that our defense is out there fucking competing their hearts out, trying to do anything they can to win, and our offense is just absolute dog water ass. And I agree. I never and this isn't a shot we're two and nine we're ass right so it's like it's not you know shout out every puppers. it's not a uh, like crazy to say this but it's just it's it's like we've had down points before like we've had we had slumps with tom brady you know we had the cam newton stuff we had the early part of the mac jones tenure like there were down points right but it's never felt this bad and i've never felt less motivated to watch the patriots than every single goddamn week it's been right now and maybe i'm flipping around because honestly kurt You know how they say every game is a must win? We're now in every game is a must lose. So now we're watching to try try to lose. And it's going to be exciting because when you introduce Bailey Zappi as a starter, who the fuck knows what's going to happen? So maybe in a weird way, we're back to excitement because we're going to have to see if he's doing what we don't want him to do and play well and leading us to wins. We're going to want to be rooting for some losses. But, Kurt, I couldn't agree anymore. It is. It's just so like you're fucking Granby Bears could be with the play sheet and shit they would be calling a more creative and like efficient offense right now than the Patriots are do
0: oh the Granby Bears offense is way more fun than this one yeah um we did turn Kurt, the ball over seven times in a playoff game that didn't go well for us but it, okay. is what it is
1: nobody I did not didn't bring that up you didn't hear me say that Kurt before we move on from that point I did want to just ask you a question I I have not made up my mind on this it's about Bill O'Brien completely agree with what you said he's been in charge of the offense and the offense has been terrible so it's like yes like that's the product of what he's been working on of course our receivers are either injured or bad mac is bad everything's bad offensive line is a joke like again it's uh it's something where they we're going to have to you know figure out uh what's what what's going on there do say bill belichick moves on whether it's fired or traded or he whatever he does say he's not here next year and say mac jones obviously is not here say even Bailey amp is not here say we draft whoever caleb williams drake may whoever do you want i'm not even saying as a head coach even just an offensive coordinator do you want bill ryan around next year if it's new coach and we draft a quarterback to be the starter do you want bill Ryan around
0: hmm. my gut says no But I would have to, like, see what else is out there. My whole thing is I would like to modernize the Patriots franchise. It just feels like we're stuck in 2017, 2018. Like, the the NFL is changing and the Patriots aren't. And it just feels like we're in neutral and everyone else is passing you at a million miles an hour. So, uh, it depends. But gut reaction says no. I'm of the mindset, too, I don't even want Gerard Mayo. Like, I would like it to be, like, clean house. Like what about Uh,
1: Vrabel that's been another rumor
0: I would take Vrabel
1: okay so that's where Uh, we draw the line for former Patriots I I mean honestly I fired that Mayo's been in-house he's been infected by some of this disgusting shit that's been going on recently Vrabel's been succeeding with like limited pieces in Tennessee so I would agree with you there
0: my dream is still Ben Johnson the yeah that's
1: the hot name coordinator wise
0: he's for Lions right yeah yeah. So we'll see. Uh, Bruno, just real quick. Uh, obviously, the Patriots lose 10-7 to 7 in New York last week. Um, Mac was just horrendously bad. Again, turning the ball over, doing the same shit he's done all year, taking stupid sacks, making ill-advised throws, turning the ball over when you have points. It's just like it, at some point it's indefensible. It has continued to be indefensible. The band sucks. It is what it is. It's unfortunate it did not work out. Um, Bailey Zappi comes in. On his first drive, leads the Patriots right down the field. They score a touchdown, tie the game at 7. Giants end up getting a field goal on another fucking turnover later in the game. And then, wouldn't you know it, Bailey Zappi leads the team down to have a chance to kick a 35-yard field goal. Bruno, I think when we did the pass, punt, and kick in Burton, (laughs) we were making 35-yard field goals. (laughs) And uh, Chad Ryland, the kicker that Bill Belichick traded up for in the fourth round missed a 35 yard field goal shorter than an extra point might i add and he now has the worst field goal percentage in the nfl at 69 percent nice who leads the nfl is aubrey for the dallas and number two uh, aubrey's a rookie by the way you could have drafted him uh, is number two is old pal Nick Folk 95.5% with the Patriots traded for a bag of footballs in the summer. It's like if we weren't just so,
1: if we just weren't getting absolutely, I don't want to say something too obscene right here, Kurt. if we just weren't getting railroaded every single week, I would, I would be like genuinely upset about that. It just makes you laugh. Like it's just one of those absurd stats. For so long, we had all those absurd stats where it's like the Patriots, like their season started the AFC Championship. We win 12 games every single year. Like, we had all these absurd good stats. Now it's the complete opposite. We have the most absurd bad stats of all time. Kurt, he sucks. He needs to go to It would be great if we could just dump every player on our roster. Maybe not really. That's a little mean. But, like, it would be kind of great if we could do a whole clean house. The one thing I'll say about Chad Ryland, Kurt, I don't know if you saw this going around. I saw a lot of people saying, like, they told him to miss and he missed on purpose. I just don't see how that has any legs considering – the fact that he's so bad is affecting his job. Like, what team is going to want him to kick if he's playing poorly? So, like, yeah, obviously, I think Patriots fans who are tanking, we wanted him to miss. I don't think anyone like Bill was being like, miss his kick, how does that help Chad Riley? He's going to want to play in NFL. So, that was a dumb rumor I saw going around. But, yeah, Kurt, it's it's, embar- it's embarrassing. I mean, it's literally just it's embarrassing. I, like, we were all in that group chat after that happened, and we just were,
0: were LOLing. It's... <sighs> It's it's just unfortunate. The I think it's gotten to the point too. With uh, going back to Bill O'Brien thing here for a second, it's like is he just the chef cooking with expired ingredients? Like, is that what it is? Like, it could be, it might be. Like, uh, you look at the the last couple drafts. Like, we're going back six drafts. Okay, in twenty seventeen, the Patriots drafted like Derek Rivers at eighty three, and Chris Godwin went next, and then like they drafted Antonio Garcia at eighty five, and Kareem Hunt went at eighty six. So like okay and then in 2018 sony michelle gets drafted at 31 lamar goes at 32 nick chubb goes at 35 19 oh Nikhil harry at 32 debo at 36 aj brown at 51 dk metcalf at 56 like then i mean i'm kyle Duggar's a great player kyle Duggar goes at 37 jalen hurts goes at 53 it's like you didn't see that you didn't see that and then in 21 you draft mac jones That's just red flag. (laughs) And then like 2022 Tyquan Thornton, you take a pick 50 George Pickens, then goes at 52. It's like the, the, the mismanagement of your assets is just fucking absurd at this point. Let's not even, I'm not even at the point where I'm talking about fucking. um, Oh God. What the fuck? Dalton Kincaid and Devin ossi It's like, say those it's. I couldn't even think of them because they don't play in the NFL anymore. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you have just missed over and over and over again. And that's why I just think New Regime has got to come in here and clean this bitch out because it's it's time.
1: Yeah, he that's been more, a, a worse hit percentage than Chad Ryland's field goal percentage, Kurt. I completely agree. Yes. So, yeah, Kurt, I mean, here's the thing, right? If we end up with a top pick, and a chance to take a quarterback I think that makes it more likely for us to clean house because you're not going to want to restart things with a brand new franchise quarterback with the same old shit that's been shitting recently so I don't like again I don't want to jinx us at all I'm knocking on wood as I say this but you look at our upcoming schedule we have Chargers this week again the Chargers aren't the best team I have full faith that they're going to score more points than the Patriots Steelers after that. That makes me a little bit nervous, but the fact that they immediately scored uh gained 400 plus yards of offense now means they're going to have two weeks to get their shit together before they play the Patriots. Chiefs, loss, obviously. Broncos, maybe in the beginning of the season we'd be worried about that being a win. Not anymore. Don't think that's going to be a win. Bills, again, they're 6-6. Six and six. Uh, You never know. They're still capable of beating us at this point, even though they're playing bad. So that should be a loss at the end of the season, even though we somehow beat them earlier, which is so crazy that like if we hadn't beaten them Kurt, we'd be on a one, two, three. We'd be on an eight-game losing streak right now if we hadn't beaten them five weeks ago. So that's a fucking funny thing about. And then it's just the Jets Super Bowl week seventeen, so or week eighteen. So
0: we'll see, Kurt. I have a question, and I've been going back and forth on it too. Um, obviously, I want the Patriots to lose games, but does it like make you sad? Like, like. I have a hard time. Like I've gotten past the point where I'm angry about anything. I'm not angry about anything anymore because, like, I, I I see the level of suck and the like. Bruno, we equated it to they are not just ass, they are unwiped ass. <laughs> they are just raw dogging it out there in the woods, unwiped and everything. That's how ass they are. But Bill Belichick has given this organization organization. The most dope 24 years. No coach will ever replicate what Bill Belichick has done. And now to see, again, you know, the coaches don't get much love when you're winning all these Super Bowls. It's a lot of the players, the players, the players, the players. But now with the Patriots admittedly being terrible and the players not being good anymore, that does ultimately fall on the coach. But all you see in the media these days is Bill sucks, Bill's washed, Bill sucks, Bill's washed. It's like hard for me. Like, I want Bill Belichick to move on. I would like him to go somewhere where he has a chance to win, pass Shula's record, all that fun stuff. But it does make me sad it's not going to happen with the Patriots. Like, I, I get to a point now, like, Bill Belichick is still a good football coach. I have no doubt about that. Does he evaluate talent very well? Clearly not the way he used to. But it like physically pains me each week to see like the camera cut to him and Bill just looks like beside himself, not even angry, just like I don't know what to do. Like Bill Belichick has always had something in his back pocket or a card he can play and it, it has always worked. And now nothing, he's out of ammo. Nothing is working. And it's gotten to the point where they're like laying down and dying. And it's just I knew it would all come to an end, and it really did kind of come to an end when Brady left. But now it is like it has come to a screeching halt. Like the train is off the rails, and it's, there's no way you can delicately put it back on the rails. And it, 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 it makes me a little sad.
1: Yeah, Kurt, you got to know when to hold them, and you got to know when to fold them. And we're folding them because that's where we're at right now. I agree. Uh, it's definitely sad. Uh, it's it's like I have moments where I get angry, especially when I like am watching a game. And it's just the dumbest shit ever from Mac Jones, or like the defense fucks up a coverage. Like I have moments of anger, but for the large part, I just shake my head. It's just SMH, nonstop repeating for like three hours straight when we're watching our games, and then we just text each other and we're like, "This is ridiculous." So for the most part, I'm with you. It's just like at this point, I'm just like uh, I'm just annoyed almost that I have to like keep watching this shit each week. The sadness is definitely real, like. I don't think it's sunk in yet. I think it's going to sink in for myself and maybe a lot of Patriots fans if and when Belichick moves on. Because obviously right now, we don't want any more of this, right? Like, understandably so. But like, when he leaves, that's kind of like, you know, I know you and I are in a unique position for this. That was kind of our whole childhood of Patriots fans. Like, and it started when Brady left, but we were still kind of holding out hope that Bill would like, Patriots way do your job like let's rebuild let's show the world that Brady didn't win the breakup like all those things we're still holding out hope and we had been holding out hope for a long time I feel like a lot of other people the second Brady won a Super Bowl were like Belichick sucks it's over he's bad and we were holding out hope at this point we're pretty much out of hope like uh, it's just one of those decisions and it definitely makes me sad but I agree with what you said. Like I, I don't wish, I don't want Bill Belichick to suck forever. Like it'd be great if he could break the records and keep going. And like again, as long as he's not going to like the Chiefs or some team I fucking hate, sure, I'll be rooting for Belichick pretty much wherever he goes. Commanders, sure, I don't give a fuck with Commanders. Chargers, sure, I don't give a fuck with the Chargers. Any of those teams, again, as long as it's not AFC East or like the Chiefs, I don't really care. Um, so yeah, it's sad, but like you know, at the same time. It's it's the best possible situation to be sad in. We're hoping, and knock on wood when I say this, we're going towards a franchise QB. We're hoping that's going to be someone who's going to turn this shit around. And like, there's just going to be so much new and a modernization, like you said, that like it's going to help with the sadness. I think if we didn't have such a good chance at a franchise quarterback this year and like maybe we wouldn't have as attractive as a, for a place as someone like Ben
0: Johnson or someone to come coach, it'd be a lot worse.
1: So it's sad, but I mean, it is, a, you got to know and hold them, you got to know and fold them.
0: Yeah, we're folding, bitch. We're folding. Uh, Bruno, uh, that brings us to the end of this episode. Um, We will be back next week, obviously, to talk about uh, just to see how unwiped the Patriots (laughs) after this Chargers game. So uh, why don't you take us home, Country Roads, boy? Yeah, uh, the Chargers are going
1: to be streaking all over the field like there's going to
0: be streaks in our butthole. Um, Anyways, Kurt, uh,
1: we will be here for pick six on Sunday. By here, I mean in your ears uh, for pick six on Sunday you're only gonna have to guess what five of the games we're picking are because the sixth game it's very clear who kurt and i are picking so uh cough, cough, chargers so we'll be on your we'll be on your uh you know instagram lives for uh sunday pick six it's been that's been more exciting than the Patriots season because kurt and i again i think we tied again this week because uh oh, yeah we did four picks we had the same you nailed the rams i got the patriots losing so that's been more exciting this season so we'll be back on sunday but you know We're going to be back here next week. Apologies in advance if we're saying a lot of the same shit, but, like, it's called same shit, different day for a reason, and that's kind of been this Patriots season. So, Kurt, we will see you next time on
0: Playing the Beat. Bye, guys.